Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cat catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She was a swing covering Demeter, Syllabub, Rumpelteaser, Jelly Lorm, and Grizabella during the 1987 third U.S. national tour. So welcome, Karen Longwell, and thank you for joining me. Hi, Mike. Thanks. I'm glad I got a chance to do this. I am excited because you, as a swing, you get to, I, I've been fascinated by, by the concept of a swing to begin with, because I just think it sounds like the hardest thing in the world to do. And then doing easy. it on tour and then doing it on a show that, you know, at the time was this kind of like phenomenon. And so yes. I'd love to hear a little bit about before, when, before you got this show or when you, when you finally, you booked the show and you're going to go on tour, what did you know about cats at that time? Well, I had been auditioning for the show. Um, I, I had auditioned f- this this Cats three had been auditioning for months and months and months, and I went to the auditions and I I got a couple callbacks and um, so I you know I went into I looked at T S Eliot's book of practical cats and um, the uh, po- old possum's book of practical cats, and um, I said how you know and then, but I also saw the show um, like. A year and a half before that, my husband and I went to see the show. It was amazing, of course, on Broadway. Um, so I was, I was thinking, well, I could do this. I'm primarily a singer, so I thought, well, uh, it's mostly a dance show, but I can dance pretty well. I should give this a shot because you know, when you're young, you audition for everything. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I I went down to the end for the Cats 3 auditions, but I didn't get it. And I said, oh, well, okay, move on. But apparently I went into a file. <laughs> and they, they kept me on file. And then the first person that gave their notice on that tour, uh, they called me in. Because it was the utility swing, the, the, the woman that was covering five different parts. And so I, um, her name was Donna Lee Marshall, wonderful woman. She went on to do Grizabella in Cats 4. So she was moving up the ladder. But uh, yeah, so I get a call out of the blue. We want to see you. And so I came in and I sang for, I, I sang a very campy operatic thing. I think I did like a camp version of a of an operatic aria <laughs> because of that i was thinking of the character jelly lorem you know mm-hmm. uh and then they they came they got me back the next day to dance and oh my god <laughs> uh that was one of the hardest dance things i'd ever done but i said i'm sticking this out i am going to do this um i was lame for a week but i did it and um they they gave me the job and I have to give Richard Stafford a lot of credit because, you know, he said to me, Karen, we're, we're hiring you, but you're going to have to work on your dance. <laughs> and, and I said, okay, okay, I got my marching orders. So uh, as soon as I got out there, I, w- I was just, I was going to every gym, every, every rehearsal hall and working as much as I could on my dance just to, to get up to the level of all these thoroughbred dancers that I was working with. 
Yeah, and you the you had some heavy dance numbers with some of the you know with the covers like Rumble Teasers is a is a heavy 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 dance number. I think so is Demeter. So you you know there's yeah. you you got you got thrown into it. I did, I did. Um, Rumple Teaser was probably the hardest. It was the most cardiac part that I did. She she was just constantly in movement when she was on stage, so so that was tough. Um, Grizabella was 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 a breeze. Yeah, <laughs> you know she she waltzes on stage and sings the big hot number and leaves. You know, but the other ones that yeah they were hard. Demeter, she was sensual. She had to like snake around the stage. She gets thrown around by McCavity, and yeah, it it, it was dangerous, and um, we had to really rehearse it a lot. There was yeah. there was always the the understudy and and swing rehearsal once a week. And we had we had one chance per week to work on the staging with all the other cats. So um, we worked hard. We really did. We earned our paycheck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you get to now go around the country in this show that's kind of this, you know, that the, everyone keeps saying it was the Hamilton of its time. Right. And you're going on all these different characters. What were the reactions? Did you did you feel like you got different reactions when you went on as different characters, or like how did you how do you feel the show when you're in a different role multiple nights, when you're all over the country? Yeah, well, you get in a zone if you have to go on. Um, you you get into your performer zone. You forget about the the fact that you're in Phoenix or you're in Indianapolis. You're you're just focused on the show. And and of course, I had to focus doubly hard because I had to figure out okay. I'm doing I'm doing Demeter today. Okay, let's let's find her physicality. Let's find you know where where her head is at, uh, so that I didn't confuse it with all the other cats I had to do. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's probably my favorite question to ask everybody. Is I've spent more time than I'd like to admit in my life trying to understand the backstory of all these cats, and I know that you were are given some kind of story. So what, how much do you try to bring in? And I guess, what were you also told about the different cats that you were going to be playing? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> because I was a replacement, I missed the initial cats school, you know, where they crawl around on the floor and, and mm -hmm. act like cats and all of that. Uh, so I basically had to do it myself. I mean, I, I was given some information, backstory, on these characters, but most of it I had to come up with myself. Um, so let's I go through. Told. I want to know what you came up with and what you were told, because <laughs> I think that's the most. Because it doesn't sound like there's not. There are some things that are kind of common beliefs of like I know this is this, I know this is that, and then there's a lot where I've now talked to multiple old Deuteronomies, multiple people that have played different parts. And, and it's a little bit of different backstories each time, which I kind of love, but I also, oh, yeah. as someone trying to, to solve this, this mystery, um, it also is driving me nuts. So what is, let's do Rumple Teaser, because I think that's not one I've covered as much. Rumple Teaser. Well, uh, she's a, a street cat. You know, there are some cats that have collars. You know, you can mm -hmm. see it in the show. They wear collars. So you know that they have owners that take care of them. They have a meal every night. Um, well, Rumble Teaser was not one of those. She grew up on the streets and she probably grew up with Mungo Jerry. The two of them were probably kittens together. They're still very young. Um, 
but they were they were like the characters in Oliver. You know, they learned how to pickpocket. They and they got off on it. They got a high from it. You know, it was just fun. It was so much yeah. fun to break into people's houses and just smash things and then and then run out and go. You know, um, who knows what her future was going to be in that in that profession? But uh, she was certainly enjoying it at that mo- at the moment of the show. She she loved I, you know stealing. I call things. them the yeah I call them the klepto cats. But so <laughs> I guess do you think that a Rumple teaser is even auditioning for the heavy side layer? I I never felt that way. I didn't feel that she was ready to go on to another life. She she was too busy having fun in this life, you know. Yeah. So they're just performing because they got the stage and they're there. Yeah. Uh, the two of them are just having a good time. What about syllabub? Syllabub is a is a very young uh, kitten, and she's well cared for, um, very healthy. She hangs out with um, a Victoria. The two mm. of them are best buds, and they uh, but they they tend to get corralled by Jelly Lorem and Jenny Annie Dots. They those two cats kind of mother them a little bit, and and, and so they look to those if they're ever frightened, they go straight for Jelly Lorem or Jenny Annie Dots in order to uh, protect themselves because there's a lot going on. It's very possible. I feel that Syllabelle, this was probably her first Jellical Ball. I think she was invited okay. to come First to this time. ball and and this young, sweet young thing. And so she's very wide-eyed through the whole thing. Do you think there's a relation with Grizabella? I don't think she knew who Grizabella was. And I think that's part of her charm, is that her innocence, she doesn't she doesn't understand any of Grizabella's life and never saw her before. So she can so Deuteronomy ends hence puts his magical specialness into syllabub so that she could sing that song at the beginning of the second act, which is the mm-hmm. same song that Grisabella sings. So mm, she's okay. innocent enough that she can absorb this energy and, and, and just accept Grisabella for who she is. Just, just look at her quizzically. Like, this is interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. First ball, just happy to be there and not up for running as well. What yeah. about the one that I think there's a lot of theories on, but Demeter and the relationship, especially with McCavity. Oh, well, Demeter, you know, she's, I think of her as a, a woman who picks the wrong man all the time, you know, <laughs> uh, she may have aspirations for the heavy side layer, but um, I, I don't know if she's totally ready. She's ready to do that. Um, she, she had a bad relationship with this horrible, abusive man called McCavity. Well, we call him a cat. Okay. This, this cat McCavity and, um, escaped. She literally escaped his clutches. Um, he was, he was like holding her. I think of the, the movie Room, you know, Room, where this yeah. woman was stuck yeah. in, this, in this shed. Uh, she got out and she's scared to death. She's going to go back in. And I think, I think her, her focus is not on going to the heavyside layer. It's just staying alive. And Bombalurina is also trying very hard to like, calm down, girl. You know, it's, she probably, Bombalurina probably had an affair with McCavity at some point. And she's just saying, sit, loosen up, girl. This, you know, you're fine now, you know? Yeah. Um, and then what about Grizabella? 
Chrisabella, she um, she's the one with the 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 most depth. You know, uh, this uh, the poet the poetry that she sings was not in the original Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Um, the Behold the Cat Who Hesitates Toward You. Uh, that was a poem that he wrote in something called the, the Rhapsody of a Windy Night. And it was very serious about a, a downtrodden woman who's had a horrible life, uh, probably prostitute, uh, would hang out at Tottenham Court Road, which is the red light district. Um, so she's she's seen the end. She's yeah. ready. She is so ready to be done with this horrible life. Uh, of course, of course, she had her her glamorous moments, her her Hollywood moments. Her um, I am the 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 coolest, most sensual, fabulous cat in town, and now she's not. You know. Why do you think she left the tribe? She was she was grand. She was very grand and thought that she was above the tribe. You know, there's a life lesson there. You know, no one is higher than anybody else. She uh, she went off to try to to seek her fortune and she couldn't find it within this tribe, this small little group of cats that, you know, sure, they're they're allowing me into their little special club. But I'm better than this. I'm going to go be a star. You know, <laughs> and 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 then she wasn't a star. I mean, it's it's a pretty typical story, actually. Of uh, like, you can you can use parallels to Hollywood or or theater. People yeah, are on I top, mean, and then they're not. The redemption story, for sure, is is yeah. always uh, it's a it's a common theme. I do think, and and I'd love to hear, having been in the show, saw the show, you know early on when it came, you know, you said you saw it before you kind of got the role. Yeah. How would you tell somebody who's never seen the show and is about to go see, you know, the next tour or whenever it's back on Broadway, what they're going to go see? How would you say, <laughs> here's my description of cats to you? Oh gosh. Okay. Don't go expecting a plot. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> thing. Um, I, and then I would try to explain what, what plot there is. And then I'd say, just go and enjoy. Enjoy little vignettes of really fun, beautiful, uh, beautiful dancing, beautiful singing, um, and just have fun. Don't, don't expect anything. <laughs> don't go there expecting, uh, you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest it's not, or, <laughs> uh, yeah, anything like that. So what is that plot? Give me the, I want to hear your plot of okay. how you would say this is from start to finish what you're going to see. All right. Well, there's this magical group of cats. They all seem to have been born with a certain kind of DNA that makes them a little bit more, um, uh, they have extra powers. They have magical powers and they all sort of gravitate towards each other. They find each other and they have called themselves the Jellicle Cats. And they have a ball every year where they decide who is the one cat who is going to go to cat heaven, i.e. the heavy side layer. And uh, it could be anybody. And everybody who wants to go on does their campaign to old Deuteronomy 
to, to ask him if they could be the chosen one this year. But it's mostly about getting together and having a huge party, basically. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the um, I kind of love that. I did. I did want to see a little bit of. But did you see the 1998 movie or the 2000? Was it 2019 movie? I saw both actually. Saw both. What did you yeah. think about the? Um, I'm more interested in the 2019 movie. Well, I I really missed the comedy. You know, what happened to all the funny, you know, the funny lines and, you know, Rumpelteaser and Mungo Jerry, they, they just, there wasn't anything cute and funny happening there. You know, I, I missed that. Um, yeah. It was very serious. I loved what they did with um, Mr. Mistopheles, how his, he, he was so insecure. He didn't, he didn't really understand his powers because he was just scared, that, that very was scared. It. That's fascinating because that was probably one of my least favorite things. Is I really, oh, really? loved and I because I I really liked you know my frame of reference for this is is the 2016 revival I saw twice in the 1998 movie which is what's on YouTube, and so the Mister Mistopheles on the 19, in the 1998 movie and on YouTube is like this very fun and fabulous and energetic character yes. and and magical and like it's just like there's it's all encompassing. And then you get to this movie and it's like this timid and kind of strange and a little bit insecure. And I was waiting for this like over the top, magical dance, singing with fun number. And I got the opposite, um, which I wasn't expecting. It was kind of one of those things that I, it's one of the, one of the parts where I was just like, I wish they would have done that. And I wish they would have, um, I didn't know much about it. I learned that the, the Mungo Jane Ripple teaser number was a different version. It was like the original British version. I loved the version that I saw or the one that I saw in the movie. And so I missed, I, I wish I would have had that cadence and that dance number. Oh, uh, well, you know, it, they're, they're children's poems. They're, they're all based on yeah. children's poems. And I think it was an att- the movie attempted to give some more depth to the characters. They're not so two-dimensional. But, you know, there's nothing like having this guy come out with a, with a, a, sh- a jacket that lights up and does like 14 fouté turns and, and blows the place, you know, up with, with lights. That's, that's so exciting. But... The other side of it is, okay, who is this this character? Can we see a growth of a character, you know, character development 101? Yeah, <laughs> That's, I, it is really interesting to say that because, you know, you mentioned that they're they're a magical group and they have this and it's like it, it is a different take of Mustafa's in a very different way of like, I don't know what to do with my powers. I have them. I'm going to have to potentially save old Deuteronomy. Um, I did think the movie forced some story arc into there, which is probably – for the best to have a more, you know, you, you said that there's no plot, but right. in a movie, you kind of need one or you kind of expect one a little bit more in a big yeah. Hollywood blockbuster. And so I think that was where a lot of their potential errors came from. Well, there was a lot, there's a lot of criticism on that movie. Yeah. Well, I still found it entertaining. I mean, I, I really don't understand the vitriol behind, uh, this this movie why why does it why is everybody vilifying this movie now i mean okay it wasn't the best but it was still fun and i'm sure kids will still enjoy it you know i think they i can tell you where i think they made a few errors not in the movie just in the leading up to the movie 
they launched the first trailer on the same day as Top Gun. And uh, the trailer was very, very, very over the top. It was all, it was hard to follow. It was yeah. like different cat sizes here, different cat sizes there. And if you're not familiar with the musical and you're going to go see a $100 million movie with a lot of household names, a lot of huge actors that's yeah. supposed to be there. It's kind of a strange thing to kind of go see. It's like it's cats by, by humans. They're a little bit human, a little bit cat. And it's not the the magic of theater where it's like, oh, that's really cool. They're just they're in costume and makeup, but you're still really seeing like live theater. It's it was CGI yeah. and it was CGI yeah. in, in some cases in ways it looks like. And then that was, I think, the second biggest errors is that it sounds like they didn't finish it until the day of. And yeah, I that's what they, I heard. They ran out of time to really CGI it the way they wanted to. Wanted to do it. And right. so there was some there were definitely some parts that were a little a little interesting in that. But there was a lot of other things I had with the movie. I I we definitely did a big yeah. debrief when we went and saw it. But I think that's the biggest thing is that you had a lot of it got a lot of press and a lot of buzz, and then it didn't yeah. fully deliver on what you kind of would have expected. Yeah. I, th- I think that was it. There was a letdown, but you know, it's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I, my son says he thinks the whole idea is creepy. <laughs> People <laughs> dressing up as cats, you know, he, he's, it, he's creeped it definitely, out by it. it definitely has a huge, huge fan base and incredibly passionate, like super fan base. And then it has yeah. a bunch of haters. And I think the reason it has some haters is it's easy to poke fun at which as you know, I've got multiple episodes kind of poking fun at the plot and the characters, but uh-huh. it's, it's an easy punchline. Um, I've yet to find anybody, and this is my call to, to anybody, any listeners, which I'm assuming they're not listening if you hate cats, but I've yet to have anybody tell me a very good reason why they didn't like it. It's always like, I just didn't enjoy it. It's not my cup of tea. I think it's a little creepy, but there's never, I've never heard like a really detailed, like, it was bad because of X, Y, and Z. And I think it's because it's really not bad. It's really good. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it just is different. And so if that different is not your cup of tea, then it's and, not for you. Yeah. If you're going there expecting to see, you know, uh, an exposition, a development and a final denouement or whatever, you're not going to get that. You're yeah. It's yeah. Now something that was well done and I want to hear from you about was the fundraiser that you participated in, oh, that yeah. you were a part of, um, for the um, Probably Cares uh, COVID relief. And so I know that you did, um, you actually did a little bit of puppeteering yeah. in the video. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about, tell me about that. I am not a puppeteer. Okay. <laughs> that, that disclaimer is out there. All right. Um, I, there was just this section in the, the, the Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats that we were doing that there wasn't a lot going on. You know, Jonathan said, okay, I just want you to rock out here, rock out. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay. Um, but it's boring. <laughs> so Jonathan's a wonderful director. No, don't, don't get me wrong here. I think he just wanted a kind of spontaneity. So mm-hmm. I went with the spontaneity. And so on Etsy, I ordered two cat puppets. And I said, okay, how am I going to make this work? There was, there was just this one great section where I could duck down below the table and put my hands up and start singing as if I was the cats, you know. 
Jellicle songs for Jellicle cats, Jellicle songs. So, um, and it worked. It, it worked pretty well. Even my husband said to me, hey, Karen, that was good. That's, so, that's awesome. So I kept it in. They kept it in. They, I, I thought they might cut it. Oh, they might cut this. That, that's fine with me. I had fun. But they kept it. So. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, and Jonathan said that, you know, it was a, a, a great nod to the, the fact that they were children's poems and that there was a way to kind of integrate that in. So he was uh, a big yeah. fan and, and thought it was a really cool idea. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. Well, uh, we were trying to push it as sort of a Halloween kid kind of, of evening, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the fundraiser. What was it like reuniting? I think was oh, it thirty it years later from the fabulous. from being on tour and doing years. that. Yeah, wow. Yeah, like thirty five years. Uh, we've all lived our lives. We, we've some of us have stayed in touch, but you know, it was such a gas to see all those people again. That you know, when you when you tour, you become a family. You really are a family. You take care of each other. And then suddenly the, the the gig is up and you go your separate way. So there's this kind of, you know, they talk about it like uh, closing night letdown or whatever. Sometimes it lasts for a month. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, where's my cat's crew? Yeah. But so here we are back together again. We're gray haired. We're we're a few wrinkles, but you know, we're still the same people and we still love each other. You know, there was still the love that was so palpable, even through Zoom, you know, mm-hmm. when, we, when we'd have meetings and we'd bounce ideas back and forth and, and, and catch up with each other. A lot of people are in LA. There are some that are teaching, some that are still performing, some are, some are singers, some are songwriters. It's a, it's a, it's every part of the performing arts. They've, everybody has gone off in a diaspora, a cat diaspora <laughs> and gone on with their lives. It was beautiful. Yeah. And what was, you know, I, I'm sure you were involved in the the fundraiser back in, you know, when you were on tour and what was that like as a, you know, for you as a swing doing five, six, multiple characters, uh, and then also learning other songs and other dances to other shows in, in between doing shows. Yeah. I mean, it it was hard, but, you know, remember, you're doing eight shows a week of the same show and you're out on tour. It's not like you're in New York and you've got your coach that can, you know, give you new songs to work on or whatever. So it was like, yes, something different, <laughs> you know, so we ate it up. We really ate it up. And we were young. So, you know, rehearsing till one in the morning was no big deal. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't do that now, but yeah. <laughs> now I want to do a few rapid fire questions okay. um, about the show. I've got a new one that I'm excited to see uh, to see your answer on. So the first one is, um, I know you've played many different cats, but if you could play any single one, forget the the male female, forget if it's in your vocal range, forget if it's a dance number. Just if you could just do any track, which cat would you want to do most? Oh. Well, there's two. You can have two. I would love to either do Gus, the the theater cat, and Gus Growl Tiger, or Jelly Lorem. Jelly Lorem Griddlebone. That whole segment there, uh, that was so much fun going on and do it, it, hearing the audience laugh and, and, and going for the laugh. I, I just... I, I love that. I really do. I love that that's an answer. That's a section that 
I just don't know much about because it's not one that I've seen a lot of variations on because it wasn't in the revival, I don't believe. And there was, right. there was, you know, it's, it's not in every single production, which means that there's limited ways to kind of see what that different changes. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why they cut it. Um, I know the the cats, they, none of them liked to do the Siamese cats. Everybody hated doing the Siamese <laughs> because talk about masks. Everybody's wearing masks. It was, it, it smashed your nose and you couldn't breathe, you know, and all, all that was open was your eyes and your mouth. So, and you could hardly see and, Maybe that was why they cut it. Who knows? Maybe that is it. What was um, your favorite and least favorite character? Cat's character. My favorite character. Yeah, which well, cat? I mean, Grisabella, she had the most depth, the most to work with as an actor, you know. Um, my least favorite? The Siamese. The Siamese. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Well, there's a lot of the male characters I don't even know anything about. Like Tumble Brutus, Pounceable, uh, Alonso. I had very mm-hmm. little interaction with them. So you're just going to count one of those out. Least favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. fair. What about your favorite song in the show? I loved singing Demeter. That was fun. Mm-hmm. To just to be sensual and, and just slink around and... and yeah, <laughs> I, I I've gone through waves as I've watched and you know recorded for the show and kind of listened for for the this podcast. When I saw the the show the first time, it was Mungu Jerry and Ripple Teaser. I couldn't get that song stuck. In my, it was it was stuck in my head for like weeks. But mm-hmm. the more I've like prepped, it's McCavity. It's like as I've listened to the album more, every single time it's McCavity. And so yeah. I, I'm with you that I think that's one of the most um, catchy songs of the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, it's catchy. Well, that and Mistopheles. Oh well, I never was there. A kid. I I teach a lot, and the, my kids love that song. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. They love singing. Um, okay, this is my new question, and I think it's a little different. So, um, which cat do you think would be thriving in the eighties, the era of the eighties, and which cat do you think would be thriving in the era, like the two thousand twenties, the twenty twenties, like this? This era versus in the 80s, which character would be in their element in either period of time? It has to be the same character, the same. No, cat? no, which uh, no, which one? I think like what probably is going to be one that's going to thrive in the 80s and one that's going to thrive now. I bet you. Well, I think. Hmm, I have to think about that. Yeah. Uh, Bomb Ballerina comes to mind. I think she was in her peak. In the eighties, she's yeah. she would be a an, an 80s she, she's an eighties star. 80s lady. Okay, big hair, big shoulders, you know, big padded shoulders and leather jackets. I could see her, you know, styling it really well there. Um, as far as right now, it would have to be somebody who's really into technology, Mistopheles, because of his ability to like make lights flash and things. Uh, yeah. He I, that's, would be, those are yeah, he'd be one of these guys with like 14 computers, you know? That I <laughs> yes. Um I thought a little bit about this when I when I wrote the question and I had Tugger for the 80s. So I think you know, just the rock era would like thrive. True, in that, true, in that, yeah. That age. And I did think a lot about Mustafa's for now. And then I got on a little bit of 
I think a Buster for Jones, just like just consuming, you know, we could just eating a lot, kind of hanging out, not doing a whole lot. <laughs> Feels like the current 2021 for a lot of, you know, a lot of people. He'd be big as a house yeah. this time. He's just spending his money. Um, so I thought he'd be very, he'd be a very current character. Um, okay. My, my million dollar question. I think based on some of the stuff you've said today, I think that I know the way you're going to go, but I have argued a lot about why I don't think Grisabella should have been the right choice for the heavyside layer. So I want to know if you think she was the correct choice and I want to hear your defense of her. And if not, I want to know who else you think should be considered. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. I think it was Grisabella. I think she, she deserved to go on. Well, she, her need, first of all, um, there was, there was so little in this life for her. Uh, and it's, it's like she had learned everything she needed to learn. Um, but if there was a runner up, of course it would be Gus. Gus is living in the past completely anyway. So, uh, he's not living in the present he has no future. He doesn't think about the future. So that seemed to be, that was, so that'd be my runner up. I'm sorry, I'm being very, no, you know, yeah, it's very middle of the road. But <laughs> yeah, No, it's fine. I think there's a, a million different ways to argue this, which is the fun of it. How do you think old Deuteronomy makes the decision? Well, he knows all these cats really, really well. And you could also, you could argue that he reads their minds. He can get into their minds. He certainly got into Syllabub's mind. Mm-hmm. And he knows w- what kind of torture might be going on with these people. I mean, actually third place might be McCavity because here's an incredibly angry cat that, you know, only wants to destroy, destroy, destroy. Um, so he's, he's probably picking between those three, but the, but the one that truly cannot go on is Grisabella. She she falls to the to the ground at the end there when she's singing that song, like I can't go on anymore, and that may have been the thing that kicked him over to say, okay, it's her. Yeah, I have heard. There's again, this is what I love about the shows. There's so many ways to interpret it, and there's so many ways to kind of say, here's why the decision was made. Here's why that decision shouldn't have been made, and it seems like the consensus is it's between Grisabella and Gus. Because the yeah. two most like they're on the older side for you know the uh, in the cat world, and they have the the you know the the depth of being able to do that. I do think there's a lot of really interesting arguments to make against a lot of other characters, though, and it depends on how you frame. It seems like it all to me depends on how you frame Old Deuteronomy's decision, meaning that if you're going to do it purely on who's deserving. It's probably Gus. If it, there's a need, it's probably Grizabella. If it's on performance, which because that's kind of the way they tee it up, is we're going to watch all these performances to see who deserves to go. Yeah. Then it's then it opens up a whole different game of like, well, let's let's look at some of the kittens or some of the young ones because there's some really good performances that are in there as well. Okay, if you if you're going to base it purely on performance, I would say Mistopheles. Mistopheles is performance. Okay. I like it. That's how I that that was how I interpret it. Mistopheles and Tugger together. It's sort of like, like winning America's Got Talent. I think that, that's, then it becomes the talent show. You know, that's exactly how I watched it. 
And that oh, is exactly where this whole thing comes from is because I saw uh, X Factor. I felt like I saw the X Factor and that meant that you can combine cats together to make a cat band and send them together to win. And that's what I did. But oh. that's the that's again, the fun of this is that I know I'm probably wrong, but I I have, you know, 50 episodes or so of arguing why I'm right. And so I'm going to stick with it until I hear the most compelling, this is why it's Grizabella. And I, it's probably going to take an Andrew Lloyd Webber or an Andy Blinkabue or somebody, you know, to, <laughs> probably. to like really Someone talk me authority. into it. Someone who I can say, well, I can't really argue against that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so my uh, other question to you is, is, is what are you, I know you, you said you're teaching. What else are you doing these days? Well, I'm, um, I am a teacher of voice and piano. I teach in two different schools up here in Westchester, and I also have my private students. I'm also a music director at a church. Um, it's a very hip church. I love them. It's the, the Yorktown United Methodist Church, They uh, we do a lot of uh, contemporary Christian music, and uh, we have a praise band and a, uh, and a choir, and it, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy I enjoy that a lot, but um, the teaching is is really uh, fulfilling and, and challenging to to get children. It's it's mostly music, so it yeah that's that's where my thrust is to get them to appreciate music and to not be afraid to sing, sing out and and enjoy it. There's there's a lot of this um, America's Got Talent. People are afraid to open their mouths to sing because they're they're competing with people they hear on all these uh, talent shows. Mm-hmm. So I find that's that's a hurdle that I have to get over. Come on, we're just going to sing. We're going to sing for fun, okay? Yeah, you know. And um, can do? You, are you taking students? How can people get in touch with you? Yes, I have a, my website, KarenLongwell.com, just like it sounds. Um, I have a Facebook page and an Instagram account, so you can reach me in any of those places if you'd like to have some lessons. And I do virtual, so I can teach people in Thailand. I can teach people in London, whatever. <laughs> do you do um, – how many requests have you gotten for Cat's songs? Do you do uh, voice on singing certain ones? And I know that you can play memory on the piano because I've heard it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, well, not a lot of people know that I did cats. It's interesting. I mean, my students anyway, I, it's not like it's, I wear it on my sleeve or anything, <laughs> but, um, yeah, a lot of, I'm actually today, I just realized this, my student just before I came here said, I would really like to sing memory. <laughs> there you go. So, so there you go. Yeah. I love it. That is, I, I did notice my, um, the, the piano tuner tunes uh for my mom for her pianos uh when he when he does the tuning his final finishing is he plays memory and it was really? something that never noticed and then when i saw the show i was like oh, i've heard this song before and it wasn't until during the pandemic when i'm home i heard that the pianos got tuned and i heard it and i'm like someone's playing memory downstairs and I, like it clicked i'm like oh that's why i know this song so well like before i saw the show i'm like that's why i know it is because i've heard this this tuner tune multiple pianos for that so ah. um so i do know you can play memory on piano if you you know if you have <laughs> any of your piano students are looking for 
for a new song to to tackle. Okay, summer. you've given me ideas now. I might just use it. There, there you go. Well, thank you so much for for coming on and humoring me through all this and sharing all these amazing stories about your time and uh, the the puppeteering. I think was I, I think I remember seeing it and I thought it was one of the coolest things. I thought it was great. And then when I heard, oh, good. you know how how fun it was to have that integrated into the the piece was was phenomenal. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed this. I could go on for hours. That's <laughs> uh, that is I have. I've gone on for hours, and that's that is uh, something I never expected. If you would have asked me multiple years ago if I would uh, be talking this much about Cats the Musical, <laughs> I would have probably laughed in your face. But <laughs> but it's been fun. Yeah, it has. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, thewrongcatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.